wait a minute. I think the Galaxy just scored again against Sporting Kansas City. Holy cow. Dave Denholm with you here. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA 710. Each and every week here on the home of the uh, black and gold LAFC and the home of world football here in Southern California. Jam-packed show, we promise you. But uh, you you can hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. First and foremost, yikes, another goal scored by LA Galaxy here against... No, I'm kidding. It was a 7-2 thrashing by the uh, Galaxy over Sporting KC uh, over the weekend to keep the Galaxy in the playoff hunt. Of course, LAFC locked up the Western Conference, still trying to lock up the Supporters' Shield, stubbed their toe a bit again on the road in Philadelphia, a second straight draw. Three out of the last four games have been draws. They haven't won in those four games. LAFC just on 64 points. I say just. Still lead NYCFC by seven in the race for the supporter shield. Now let's take a look at that, actually. They're going after the best record in MLS to set that record, and that tie would be 72 points they need. And that is getting perilously close with just four games to go. Now we've talked about it before. You've got three home games coming up, including on the weekend. You got Toronto FC, then you got a midweek game at home. Then you go on the road to Minnesota. Then you got one more at home against Colorado. So just take care of your business at home. How about that? Right? So you win your final three at home with one more on the road sandwiched in between. And you set the record for the best record in MLS history in terms of points. You're blowing out everybody in terms of goal difference. You're setting records left and right scoring-wise. But you still got that on the on the table potentially. But it's getting tighter. And it goes back to what I've talked about for a number of years. Just generically, not necessarily relating to LAFC. But the single greatest rule change in the history of sports, at least in the last 30, 40 years, has been the FIFA's decision to go from one one point for a tie, two points for a win to three. It's, it changes everything. you got to win games. Draws are basically... Not good. They're, they really don't help you, realistically. Too many draws, in fact, and you usually get sunk. Right? I mean, it's all, you know, we, all we overheard was, oh, get on the road and get a point. Get on the road and get a Now, again, not a terrible result sometimes, certainly. Sometimes the way the game goes, depending on what kind of roster you have, we just went through the international window. LAFC drew with Orlando, missing a whole lot of players. Okay, sometimes a draw is not a horrible result by any means. But you got to win games. And that's what's facing LAFC now. You want to break records, go out and get wins. And the Black and Gold have done that, certainly at home, 11-1-2 on the season. So they got three games at home. There's no excuses. That's what the what is set forward for them and chasing history like that. Now, to get the supporter shield, which is really the most important thing, to have that home field advantage throughout the playoffs, they're seven points ahead of NYCFC. If over the weekend LAFC win on Saturday against Toronto, then it would just take a draw or a loss on Sunday from NYCFC on the road at FC Dallas, and then the Galaxy, or a bigger part, then LAFC would have wrapped up the supporter shield. Now, not easier said than done. I get that. You still got to go out and do it. And FC Dallas has been dreadful, so I don't know if they're going to beat NYCFC even at home. But they're actually a pretty good team at home. Just one loss, so. 
That's a tough task for NYCFC. Now, speaking of the Galaxy, with their playoff hopes hanging by the balance, I guess, they go out and rock Sporting Kansas City 7-2. to two. Ridiculous. It actually evened up the Galaxy's goal difference on the season. That's how huge that win was for the Galaxy. And they've got uh, a couple of uh, games coming up, just like everybody else, that they need to win. Not the least of which is Montreal at home for the Galaxy over the weekend. That is a very winnable game, as Montreal have been struggling mightily. But the Galaxy now have set themselves up. They're already up to fifth in the Western Conference. Now Portland does have a game in hand, and they're two points behind the Galaxy, so we'll see what happens there. But the Timbers have been dropping home games. Very rare for them to to struggle at home. They now have four losses at home, so it's all to play for, and that that is just great. But what what would stop LAFC? You know, we we talk about the international window, Vela, but this is still the best team I've ever seen in MLS. With a little tip of the cap to Atlanta United last year, no matter what happens down the stretch, this is the best team I've seen when healthy, when everything's perfect. Now, that's again, that's professional sports. You don't always get that, right? you got to battle through that stuff. And the black and gold know that, and they've done that. And they've come up with big points at times, wins and draws, when they weren't at full strength. So that you know they're a great team. But I would love to see them break those records, and I know everybody else would too, of course. But I'll say this about the Galaxy when you're talking about the playoffs. And what I realize, and what you, everybody else likely realizes with a guy like Zlatan Ibrahimovic, for all his baggage, all his, you know, false bravado, well, for him, not even false, really. He believes it. <laughs> but for all of that, nobody wants to play the Galaxy in the playoffs. Except for one team. And do you know who that one team is? Nope, not Seattle. Nope, not Real Salt Lake. They don't want to play the Galaxy. San Jose doesn't want to play the Galaxy, no matter how well they did against them in the regular season. The team that wants to play the Galaxy in the playoffs is LAFC. They're the only team that wants to play Zlatan Ibrahimovic and the Galaxy in the postseason. Now you're asking, you're telling me they've never beaten them down home. Yeah, I know. Believe me, I've been there. I've been to all of them. But that's the team that wants the Galaxy the most in the playoffs. And it might be the only team that can beat the Galaxy in the postseason. One game, you know, a one-off with Zlatan Ibrahimovic fired up. That is a hard chore, as we all know. But I'm telling you, no one wants to play the Galaxy in the postseason except LAFC. And they just might be the only team in MLS who can beat them. So it's going to be very interesting if the Galaxy get there. That's the ironic part. They still got work to do just to get there. But man, when they do, and if they do, look out. That's the most fascinating thing coming down the stretch to me. LAFC trying to break those records and get hot. Because we know the playoffs are about that. We know the the rest that all these teams are going to have in the playoffs. And it's the LA Galaxy is the next story. Let's be realistic. We've been talking about it all year. These are the two teams in MLS. They're the two teams that matter most. And they are the two teams. In a league that is certainly built on parity often. And has some other good teams. Don't get me wrong. But the two teams 
reside in the city of angels. That's the bottom line. And I know we're all kind of wanting it in the back of our minds. The Galaxy fans have the thoughts of we got to get there first. They're worried about not making it. LAFC is trying to wrap up these records, as I said. But in the back of our minds, we all know we want that collision course. That's exactly what we want. No one else wants to play the Galaxy except the black and gold. Let's go. Let's get there. It's all that really matters when you think about it. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer, your thoughts there. On either side of the rivalry, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, lot still to play for, no doubt. But don't tell me you don't really want that matchup. You really do. No matter which side you're on. Speaking of sides, well, we know what side most of us are on at times when it comes down to... uh, L Tree and the United States and vice versa. We got an interview with Joe Rodriguez coming up from L Tree Online next here on the home of the black and gold, the home of world football in Southern California. I'm Dave Dead Home on ESPN LA 710. Yes, sir, Steely Voiced Radio Man. This is Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710, the home of the black and gold, the home of world football in Southern California. I'm Dave Dead Home hanging out with you. And uh, joining me right now on the show, he is from LTreeOnline.com. He is Joe Rodriguez. Joe, I really appreciate you taking the time. Let's jump right in to the conversation, Joe. We begin with El Tri, the uh, Mexican national team. Talk us through the most recent friendlies. What did you see? Obviously, the big win against the U.S. It didn't quite feel like a 3-0 thrashing, but anytime either one of those sides beats the other that badly, it always feels good. But talk us through the uh, most recent friendlies. It was a big up and down for those two games for uh, El Tri, for sure. We definitely like to call this uh, L3 performance the Jackal and Hyde. Yeah. Uh, on one hand, uh, you see them just completely dominate the U.S. national team in New York, and then they go to Argentina with a very young Argentine team, and they just get dismantled. Uh, the one thing that was a little consistent was the pressure. I saw them apply very intense pressure against the U.S., and it definitely worked out. And also early in the game against Argentina, you saw them do the same thing, but the big difference is that one is Argentina and the other is the U.S. The moment that Argentina was able to break through that uh, pressure, uh, as most of you guys saw, it was just one goal after another and, and another. So I think that probably was the biggest thing. You know, one uh, one team is just, uh, you know, excels naturally over the other. And, uh, you know, it's just um, it's just something that, unfortunately for Mexico, just uh, it wasn't their night against Argentina. Yeah, now it happens. Obviously, we've seen some... Uh, interesting things. But, Joe, it, it leads me to what I talked about last week about L3 on the show. Now, this was after the U.S. game. And, of course, as you said, great performance. To me, not just under Tata, but lately, let's say, you know, in the last handful of years with the Mexican national team, it seems, and maybe you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but when it's going well, when they smell blood in the water, uh, look out if you're the opponent. Mexico can run you over. I don't care who you are. I literally, I don't care what... But when they have some struggles, Joe, and when they have some adversity, it can fall apart for this national team so quickly. Is that true? And if it is, if that's what you believe, why is that? Well, it's really hard to say that I believe 100% that is the case. Yep. Uh, it can certainly be the case. Uh, you do see them dominate opponents. And, and as you mentioned, you know, when, when they see blood, they certainly take advantage of that. I think uh, it's a mental aspect like in certain teams. And uh, I go back to the Argentina game. 
Argentina is a team they have not beaten since 2004 when they beat them in Copa America. So there are certain teams that they just psychologically struggle against. Uh, you see them also play up to the level of certain high-caliber teams. For example, we saw obviously in the, in, in the World Cup when they beat Germany, and they've had really, really incredible victories throughout the years. Yeah. But sometimes it's just like a mental thing that I see them just uh, not, being, not being able to break through with certain teams, and I think that Argentina is certainly one of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's fair. That's a very fair point. We're talking with Joe Rodriguez from LTreeOnline.com. Joe, where did you get started with this? Uh, talk about the website itself. You do have a lot going on on the site. It's a great site. So you just give us a little background on it. Yeah. So actually, uh, I was a former. I'm a. I'm on uh, ESPN alumni. I produce Sports Center uh, over here in uh, in Bristol. And um, as Sports Center, to be perfectly honest, and I'm not. I, I hope uh, our, our former ESPN uh, executives aren't hearing me, but. <laughs> Uh, I, there, the care for soccer, you know, is not as highly as, uh, as high as like, you know, college football, NFL, which is understandable. And I feel as though, uh, soccer, particularly Mexican soccer in English, is a very underserved, uh, uh, you know, topic. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like, you know, where I got the idea and I decided to just run with it. And obviously me being Mexican American bilingual, I figured, hey, why not? You know, uh, I already love the sport. I kind of know the business a little bit. And uh, that's kind of like how I got started. Now we're a little, you know, team of about, you know, 18, 20 people. And we're, all, we're all in the same boat. It's just individuals who love soccer, Mexican soccer in particular, are, you know, either second or third generation Mexican-American. And we basically have that thing in common. And again, the biggest thing is just that it's an underserving area in the media. So that's kind of like how a three online was born. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, no doubt about it. It's uh, it got some good stuff. Uh, okay, now that I've uh, asked you that, and uh, I do know that you know what you're talking about, what is going on with my Toluca and Pachuca, my two favorite teams here? They're just terrible, this uh, <laughs> this uh, particular aperture. What's going on, Joe? Is there any hope? I mean, Toluca is really surprising oh. because uh, since they picked up La Volpe, I did, I did think they were going to end up uh, you know, just changing things. But uh, you see them fall one game after another. And I just don't see them, uh, you know, turning the season around. The thing is that we're already halfway through the Liga MX season, and it's yeah. really difficult for teams to just kind of, like, get over that hump. But then also, like, you know, with Pachuca, they also have the opportunity to kind of get over that hump. I see a little bit more hope with them. Uh, you know, and, yes, we're halfway. I, I, I'm going to con- contradict myself a little bit here. But I don't see, uh, you know, even though it's halfway through the season, I do see that uh, Toluca has no chance, but Pachuca does. Yeah, but I, I would Liga agree with that. I mean, so com- Liga MX is so competitive, you know? If you really yeah. stop and think about how competitive from top to bottom it is, you know, you, I can easily see Pachuca move up like four, five, six spots in a matter of two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of Liga MX. Yeah, so, and he's right. Joe's right, yeah. You're absolutely right because they're only four points back. You know, I mean, Pachuca at least can put the ball in the back of the net. They can't stop anybody. But they can put the ball in the back of the net. Toluca just can't score. I'm just like five goals here, gang, uh, through the middle of the season. This is this is like almost Veracruz bad here, basically. <laughs> no, so, no, you, no. You know, Martin, well, you cannot. You got to give Martin Palermo a little bit more credit than that. Veracruz. I mean, I, I, I don't see no inside for Veracruz. I'm sorry, but I understand. Really, but really you know, I mean, it, to compare them. They're right down there with them, though, Joe. I'm just saying. I mean, uh, believe me, I love my Toluca. They're my favorite. Pachuca's, uh, you know, a close second. I do like the, uh, I do like those sides. Let's take a look at the top, though. Necaxa, whoa, I mean, I I didn't see this coming. Well, not that I didn't see it coming, but, you know, it's kind of cool that they're up there. But obviously, as you said, long way to go in the, in the sense of 
you know, before we start worrying about Ligia or anything like that. But, you know, you see Tigres, and they always are kind of just floating along, waiting, picking their spots. Is this, you know, kind of the similar thing? I mean, they've drawn a lot of games. They're not winning a lot right now. But are they still right up there in your estimation, Joe, or is this going to be more of a struggle for them? Uh, we're, we're talking about Tigres here. Is that what you're yeah. asking, Dave? Yeah, well, yeah, because you know, they're not the, winning games. You know, they're doing getting a lot of draws. They're not losing, but they're they're kind of floundering a little bit. The the thing about Tigres is that they're playing in a lot of tournaments. Uh, yeah. Today they're actually playing the final against Cruz Azul for the uh, league Cup. Yep. You know, so I think they're spreading themselves a little bit thin. But the thing uh, about them is that they have a lot of individual talent. And in my opinion, probably one of, if not the best coach in all of Liga, Max with Tuca Ferretti. So, you know, I, I definitely could see Tigres just kind of like, you know, finding their way into the playoffs, and that's where they'll create some damage. That's what I see Tigres doing. But, again, I think the reason why you don't see them completely dominate is because they are spreading themselves thin with all these tournaments that they have to play. That's fair. And we're talking with Joe Rodriguez here from LTreeOnline.com. One final question, Joe, for you. We go back to kind of the national team, but it's more about the national team players who you're keeping an eye on over in Europe. I mean, they're getting off to some pretty good starts in the Champions League. Talk about the guys that you really have your eye on over there. I've been keeping a really close eye on Edson Alvarez. Uh, yeah. He scored once again yesterday. Uh, he actually got an opportunity because of an injury that uh, that took place in his team. Um, I can't recall the name off the top of my head with the uh, defender that got injured over at Ajax, but uh, he ended up uh, getting an opportunity to start. He ended up scoring uh, during that uh, first start that he had. And ever since then, uh, you know, he's had the uh, the approval, and uh, and and obviously every time he's uh, he's been on the on the field, you can tell that he's very intense. He's playing yeah. with a lot of uh, intensity, and uh, he's really really impressed. Obviously, his coach, and and, and obviously uh, those of us who are big fans of him. Um, and then the other one that I'm kind of keeping a very close eye has got to be Chucky Lozano. He sure. played yesterday for uh, Napoli in the in the Champions League. He also scored in his, de- in his debut, by the way. Uh, yesterday, he seemed a little bit lost. I wasn't too impressed with the, with the, with the way that he was playing. But uh, I think it's just a matter of time before he finds himself in the, in the perfect balance uh, for Carlo Ancelotti and his team over at, uh, in Napoli. Great stuff. Joe Rodriguez from LTreeOnline.com. Check out his work along with some of his buddies over there. Joe, really appreciate it. We're going to have you on again. Always a pleasure to uh, talk LTree here on Soccer Weekly, and we'd love to do it with you again at some time in the future. Thanks so much, Joe. Sounds great. Take care, Dave. Joe Rodriguez from LTreeOnline.com. Check out his work there. We really appreciate that. Coming up next, Black and Gold Breakdown with Mark Anthony Kay of LAFC here on the home of the Black and Gold. This is Soccer Weekly with Dave Dunholm, ESPN LA 710. Thanks once again to Joe Rodriguez from L Tree Online talking a little late Liga MX and L Tree and their most recent friendlies. We now look ahead to the weekend as the home of LAFC. It's time now for Black and Gold Breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown! It's the Black and Gold Breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. Who better to join us to discuss the Black and Gold than midfielder Mark Anthony Kay? Mark Anthony, thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to get right to it. This is a big game for LAFC to kind of break a little streak here of four without a win. Coming against a team, uh, I wonder, is it a little more motivation or is that uh, kind of storyline kind of passed for you, Mark Anthony? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, honestly, the storyline has passed for me. Uh, yeah. You know, I have uh, a lot of friends who 
we're still part of the club and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's just another team that we're trying to get a result against. So I'm just going to play the, the way I play all the time. Well, it is another team you're trying to get a result against. That is a good way to look at it. What about this TFC team? To me, and I hate to say it this way, they seem to be a little underachieving this year with a whole lot of talent that could beat anybody, Mark. Yeah, you know, they have a quality side with some quality players, and I think, you know, with uh, the way Champions League went and just with a lot of injuries at the beginning of the year, you know, it kind of set them back. But, you know, they've been finding their way a little bit now, and they're on a good run and in good form. So, you know, it'll be a good game on the weekend, and, you know, we can't take them lightly at all. Now, what does that what does it look like on the pitch with a team like that? Pozuelo, of course, has been dynamic. Uh, I saw one of the best passes all year from Michael Bradley in their last game as I watched that game. And, of course, Josie Altidore is always a handful. I mean, you talk about great players, but, I mean, this is a team that can really cause some problems. Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, they have some quality players. and They, they like to play a possession-based uh, type of game. So we just got to make sure that we kind of get up into their faces and make it as uncomfortable as possible for for their whole team, but especially their, their, their three main guys, you know, we got to just make sure when they come to our stadium, it's not an easy game. So, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. And we always want to test ourselves against, uh, teams when they're at their best form, you know, and that's really when we get up for games. So, uh, it'll be exciting. And I know everyone's ready for it. LAFC midfielder, Mark Anthony K joining us here on the black and gold breakdown here on soccer weekly with Dave Denholm on ESPN LA 710. Uh, Mark, it's been a bit of an interesting stretch, of course, with the international window. Then the Carlos gets a little banged up, and you know, and of course, you guys have had a great year. You kind of know where you're headed realistically. You still got to go out and get it done. But what has the stretch been like for this team? Are you are you getting back up to full speed now? Do you think going into this match? Yeah, you know, I think uh, the last couple of weeks obviously have been. You know, uh, not in the way we really want to go, but at the end of the day, we're still playing the, the football we like, and we, yeah. we understand that there's, uh, we're not going to change anything. We're just going to keep going in the same direction we've always been going in. You know, maybe we've been a little lucky in the last uh, couple of games, but, you know, when you really look at it in the way that MLS is, you know, we, yes, we've lost, we lost the game at home, but the last two games are away, and there's, I can, name maybe 90% of the teams in this league that would be satisfied with a point. And, you know, we're not a team that likes to go on the the road and just look to tie games, but it's there's something to build on there, you know. Yes, we have one loss in the last four games, but I think before that loss and the tie to Galaxy, you know, we had one five-game streak, yeah. you know. So when you really look at it and where we are at the end of the season with four games left, you know, in the Supporter Shield talk, I think that, you know, there's a lot to be happy and we just need to get back to, you know, putting the ball in the back of the net and continue doing what we're doing. And I think it's just a matter of time and hopefully uh, that's Saturday when it comes. Yeah, you, you're talking about the Supporter Shield. Of course, you want to win the MLS Cup. We know we know the big things that are out there. Do you guys talk much about that best record all time in MLS, the points total? Is that something that's out there for you, you think? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it's something that we're trying to to use to motivate uh, the guys to to keep pushing forward to to you know look forward to something and grabbing something as well as the supporter shield, and then getting uh, you know everyone in the best form heading into the playoffs. So 
uh, we know we're in a great uh, spot right now to to break that record, and we just need to take it game by game. And you know that's going to have to come with wins. And we know that we can't get it done with if tying the rest of our games. So we know that there's a little bit of uh, an added push from everyone to to get us in that in that right form going into this game. We're talking with Mark Anthony Kay for LAFC. One of the things that's interesting about you, young man, as I've talked to you over the last uh, almost two years now, is you're one of the most honest. Uh, players about himself, right? You know, I mean, obviously guys try to be honest about themselves, but sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror. How do you think you've been performing, uh, Mark Anthony, like this season? I mean, obviously we know you guys have played great realistically, but break it down for me as you see yourself in 2019, both at the national stage and here with LAFC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously I think it's been a better year, but there's always things to improve on. So, uh, yeah, if I'm going to look from an overall standpoint, from last year to this year, yeah, it's been a better year. But what exactly does that mean, you know? <laughs> so I think that uh, yeah, I've been able to maybe score more goals or, you know, help the team out in certain situations. But at the end of the day, there's always another level you can reach. Uh, and I think that, you know, not letting yourself get uh, satisfied with just being better than the year before. Um, I think that's what keeps you in a different position than all the other players, you know, and I'm trying to, hey, and I'm trying to strive to get to the highest level. So uh, I think that, uh, yeah, there's positives, but there's always things to improve on. All right, I saved the toughest question for last. You rocked it off the crossbar the last game. Were you trying to shoot that? I thought that was a shot for sure. No, I was trying to pass. Oh, uh, I, was I was wrong. Trying to get it, I was trying to get it across, you know, and I'm not afraid to to be honest in those situations. You yes. Know, something good came out of it. So, um, but yeah, I was trying to, you know, square the ball across. It's something we work on in training. And, you know, my right foot isn't uh, my most, my strongest <laughs> foot. So, you it know, looked great, I, though. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I make a mistake and it goes in the back of the net or I create an opportunity, then it's 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 good for the team. So, uh, uh, yeah, we got lucky with that one. <laughs> you had me and Andre Blake completely fooled on that. Believe me, it was so close. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, very close. And we love the guy for what he's doing on the pitch and, of course, for chatting with us here. Mark Anthony Kay, part of the midfield that has been dominant here for the black and gold all season long for LAFC. Thanks so much for joining us. Mark Anthony Kay from the black and gold for the black and gold breakdown. We still got so much more to get to. What a show it's been already. That was great. We've got to talking a little bit more about an article written by our buddy Tom Marshall from ESPN FC. That's coming up next here on the home of the black and gold ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly rolling on here on ESPN LA 710. Thanks so much again to Mark Anthony Kay, midfielder for the black and gold as LAFC get ready to take on Toronto FC. Coming up on Saturday, you will hear it here on ESPN LA. Cannot wait for the call. I got to tell you, when Mario drops those uh, play-by-play calls and it gets me fired up, I got to admit, I'm not saying that sometimes I, I hear some things that I don't love. Sometimes, you know, you can always do better at your job. But, man, I'm just fired up for the games when I hear those. I just love what the black and gold have been doing all season long, and I cannot wait to call that match. I know I'm getting fired up already for that one coming up on Saturday here on ESPN LA, the ESPN app, of course. And, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, we're just rolling on. we got so many games coming up here and the playoffs to look forward to. I do want to talk to you now about the L.A. Care Injury Report. Good news at L.A. Care. Our mission has always been to provide quality, affordable health care coverage to all Angelinos. For more information, visit LACare.org today. 
L.A. Care for all of L.A. That's lacare.org. And, again, good news, the black and gold, pretty healthy. Vela coming back, of course, Carlos playing against Philly, scoring against Philadelphia Union, coming off the uh, couple of games missed with the injury. So he's back. The long-term injury is Javi Perez. We hope he's uh, still doing well after the ACL tear earlier in the year. But really no one else in any kind of peril injury-wise. Everybody's always banged up at this time of the year, but that's just the nature of professional sports in a long season. But right now, they're looking pretty healthy. Toronto FC, a couple of questionable players, um, Justin Morrow and Nicholas Benize, are both uh, listed as questionable for that game coming up against the Bulls. So we'll keep an eye on that. One thing I, I love to keep an eye on is ESPN FC. Now, I know we're in the family here, ESPN LA. You're thinking, oh, well, you're just shilling for... No, I love their work. Before, you know, this show was even a thing. I love ESPN and their coverage of soccer, of course. And one of our favorites here on the show, and just a fine gentleman and a good friend, is Tom Marshall, right? He covers L Tree. I don't, I'm not having Tom on. I just want to praise his work. That he A story came out earlier about uh, with Liga Mackies and MLS and that relationship that keeps getting stronger and stronger, right? We've seen it with the League's Cup. We've seen it with, you know, a lot of stuff going on between the two leagues. Well, Tom had a great article talking about Really, if you almost look at it like there's the possibility in the future of like a Major League Baseball inspiration for MLS and Liga MX, meaning you would still have MLS as its league and Liga MX doing their thing, but they would actually play interleague games. Less of them, certainly, than against league rivals or league teams, but they would count, potentially. Now, that's something that they've been discussing, potentially, according to Tom Marshall's article, and oh my gosh. It's a fascinating article, but man, it gives me the shivers. Sends chills down my spine. Why do we got to do this? Now, they're talking about, of course, the Expanded Leagues Cup. That's going to happen. I get all that. I don't love it. What are we doing here? Now, I know as an L.A. audience, we know soccer better than just about everybody else in the country, right? We certainly are the best soccer market in America. And we get it. Whether you're for Liga MX sides or MLS sides, whoever you follow, it doesn't matter. We know the potential there. We're not stupid. I'm not stupid. I, I understand the business potential of it. But then there's a side of me, and maybe I'm wrong. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. There's a side of me that just says, this is, you know, what are we doing here? Why do we have to keep combining and combining and combining? For what? To what end? The last dollar possible? I understand it's business. That is a motivation, but does it have to be? What about what's, what's good for the game? Do we really need to kind of intermingle this so much? Isn't the League's Cup enough? Which I don't even love that, but... You're going to actually have games that count in the standings between the two? First of all, it's so awful to think about... There's 30, what, 30-plus 30 teams in MLS by the time they're done here expanding. Liga Mekis, what, 20 teams eventually or whatever. It's, what is it, 18 now? Whatever it is. That's a lot of teams. You're not going to play everybody. That's not fair. I mean, it's bad enough as it is with MLS not having the balanced schedule. Okay, I can accept that. But now you're going to throw in a couple of games here and there with 19 teams from Liga Mekis. You're not playing everybody twice, that's for sure. You're not playing everybody once, probably. So how fair is it if some team gets saddled playing the top three teams in league, you know, because it's a good draw and it's all business? I mean, 
So many things. To, I just don't. I mean, what are we doing? And maybe you just think I'm dead wrong. Like, Denholm, this is the future. You got it. I understand. Nobody knows what's going to really happen or what might work out. I've been critical of FIFA on a few decisions in the, at the world's level, and they turned out great. I've also been very critical about VAR from before the time it started. How's that working out? So you get my point. Yes, I understand there could be some positives, but, oh, man, it just seems to me the negatives far outweigh the positives. And it's a visceral thing. I can't always explain that this line item, this line, you know, like 15 reasons why not. I mean, I suppose I could if I really, but I'm so, like, vehemently opposed to it at a gut level. Again, hit me up on Twitter. You can follow me there and respond at Talk Soccer. We continue the conversation and all this stuff after the show, throughout the week. No problem. You 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 want to follow me there for all the latest and greatest here on Soccer Weekly. And if you miss anything, by the way, if you missed the interview earlier with Joe Rodriguez from LTreeOnline.com or Mark Anthony K with the Black and Gold, you can always hit up the podcast Soccer Weekly on ESPN's Pod Center, or you can go to iTunes wherever you know. Just search it Soccer Weekly. Dave Denholm. Subscribe, rate, and review. But it just, it does. It is. It, it's a gut, visceral reaction to it. And I don't like it. I love the article. Tom lays it out. You really ought to go read it at ESPNFC. Check out Tom Marshall's work there. But, man, I don't know. Another thing, uh, another topic that interests me, and I only got a, a minute or two on this thing, really, and we'll definitely be talking more about it. But on ESPNFC, actually, not just because, you know, I'm trying to go that route, but it was news. Wayne Rooney talked about with them, uh, John Champion, who was a part of ESPN and the coverage of MLS. He talked about how he feels that American players are underpaid compared to the rest of the world. Yeah, well, no kidding. We don't have the TV uh, contracts that other places in the world have, like the Premier League or League MX or, you know, obviously La Liga, Syria, you know, the big ones too. No kidding. They're not paid as well. But I'll say it like this. And I know we're coming up to a point where there's going to be a collective bargaining agreement battle. And my thought has always been this. There is nobody in MLS who's underpaid. Nobody. Everybody in MLS gets paid what they're worth to the league. Because in the world of football, you've got so many options. You're going to find your value. Now, I know you might think, oh, this guy's underpaid because he's really playing great. I'm talking about worth. Business-wise, there's a big difference. I understand on the pitch, some guys are still young and they're still trying to find their way in terms of contracts and maybe they're outperforming, they're small. I get that. But value to the league, nobody is overpaid or underpaid in MLS. Nobody's underpaid. Few of them are over, but it's just the nature of the uh, market. So we'll see what happens there. But it's interesting from Wayne Rooney as well. Hey, we still got stoppage time still to come with the great Mario Reese. Coming up next here. On the home of the black and gold, Soccer Weekly, ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, each and every week here on ESPN LA 710. It's the fastest hour in all of sports talk radio. There's no doubt about that as we are rolling on here. And once again, it is time for everybody's favorite segment of the show. I can't believe it's already here. Stoppage time. What time is it? It's stoppage time. Yeah, stoppage time. It's stoppage time. Right now. Join us. He is the producer of LAFC here on ESPN LA 710 and the producer of this show, Soccer Weekly. He's the host of Stoppage Time. 
the great Mario Reeves. Mario, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, my man. I don't know about everybody's favorite segment of the show, but I'll oh, take it. I am turning the tables on you. You're not the host today, though. I'm the host. Oh, okay. Is that right? I'm going to quiz you now. Mario, we're actually going to go back to the last segment because I think these are very interesting topics. It you is. Saw Tom Marshall had this article. The uh, of course he's a great friend of the show, Shout friend out to of Tom. ours. Love Tom. Yeah. L Tree correspondent, Lee Gamecki's correspondent for ESPN FC about the possible merger, Mario, in the future. Maybe making it look like baseball with interleague play, where the games would actually count in the regular standings, not just like a league's cup kind of competition what do you feel about that i love that i love that the more the merrier for me i mean the relationship is there yeah and the fans the fans of mls and the fans of liga mx are the relationship is already there between the fans most of the fans like both leagues already so the fans are going to be there the fans are going to are going to love it as well so i think the more the merrier Hmm. you know what it's an interesting point I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. That's why I wanted to ask you. I it like makes your... sense on so many levels. Yeah, yeah but do you sense. feel, is there any possibility that it kind of waters it down in a sense to like, well, that's why they wanted it to actually count on this, t- on this one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause there is a couple of times where you're like, what is this? Does this one even matter? What is this game for? You know, but this particular one, we're talking about games that actually count. That's what I like about it. All right. But couldn't we just have the league's cup, Mario? Let me say this, right? Let's say those games count, right? But let's, can't we just have a league's cup where we get some sponsors together and literally give the winning team like $30 million, 50 million. I mean, I mean, let's go nuts then, right? Wow. You want to go nuts. Let's go nuts. You need some right? big sponsors it's, for that one. Well, so what? So be it, right? But we could get them, actually, yes. so don't even worry. So instead of, like, having games that count in standings, which I hate, because mm. it's unfair, Mario. You're talking about 30-plus MLS teams and, you know, essentially 20 Liga Mekki sides once they go again. How are they going to play each other to where it's equal in a sense? It's just, uh, it's just like thrown. I don't like it. But what if you brought together the League's Cup, right, the best eight from each league, and the winner is going to take home 50 million bones. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, it's a separate competition. Let's build that up instead of intermingling the leagues. To I don't know. I just don't like it when it counts like that. That's me. But you bring up some good points. The fans are there. But wouldn't they be there if this league cup keeps growing and you have that kind of, you know, we know the players would go hard if they've got that carrot dangling, you know. 50 million bucks on the line maybe they split it between the team itself and the players then you know when it makes so much sense on the field and on the business side i think they're just going to keep on doing it see i think it makes way more sense on the business side you're right about that i don't disagree but on the field i think this is a jumbled mess and the competition between the two leagues you know they both want to say you know this league is better or my league is better so this is just another competition to say hey we are better well, you bring up some good points. You made me think about some stuff I wasn't thinking about. What about the Wayne Rooney comments we talked about? You know, he's in an interview. He's leaving MLS, right? A little farewell tour action. And he kind of talks about how MLS players are not paid as well. I think we all know that, obviously. Yeah. You know, there are leagues that are paying more money. Mm-hmm. What are your general thoughts on that, though, as you hear that kind of thing? I'm kind of with the players. I mean, I the way that, the way some of the players travel, I mean, come on. This is this is professional sports. We gotta yeah. we gotta help these guys out in a lot of different aspects, and I think the players have you know have a right. Even though it hurts me to say that, it hurts me to you know be kind of scared or nervous for for a lockout possibly oh in the future. Yeah. Uh, I think they have a right on this one. I mean, we can't have 
all the fans traveling to an away game right next to the, all the players, you know? Yeah, yeah. Doing no, selfies I, as they walk down the aisle saying, hey, we're on the same flight as Carlos Vela. And t- <laughs> doing selfies, you know, with Vela. He's not even ready for it, you know? I can't tell you the time I was in a, a plane, a, a airport right after a game. Uh-huh. And I, I'm getting like, and at the time, in fairness, I was bumped up. I don't always get it. You know, I don't buy first class tickets. But I'm going into first class, and I'm seeing like the entire like Vancouver Whitecaps team about to board a plane, and they're not going in first class. Oh, that's <laughs> not right, Dave. You know that's not right. Come on, let's treat these guys better. Oh, he is the great Mario Reyes. Mario, thank you so much. Thank you, Dave. As always, check out Soccer Weekly on iTunes or the ESPN Pod Center each and every week here. If you're just joining us for the first time, check me out at Talk Soccer. You can follow us there and follow the show. Your thoughts and comments and concerns, always welcome. This is Soccer Weekly on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710.